Youth ministry can always use some big ideas. Ideas that are faithful to relational ministry, but also provide some crazy, fun, and life-giving resources for youth leaders, youth in leadership, and the church. Now that's religion. This is the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Podcast. Your source for information, discussion, and feedback in youth ministry of all shapes and sizes. Now, here are your hosts, Michelle Thomas-Bush and Cliff Haddocks. Welcome to the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast. I'm here, Cliff Haddix, also known as Revenant Geek, with Michelle Thomas-Bush. And today we have something really great because a generation ago there was a book that Michelle has used, I have used, The God-Bearing Life. It charted a new course for youth ministry to fuel the faith born of young people and the adults who minister with them. Um, And it's founded on the truth that we're all God-bearers to one another and presented a new idea that youth ministry was more about the relationships and not so much the programs. And this book has been revised. And today we have the honor of speaking with two of the authors, Kenda Dean and Megan DeWalt. Great to be here. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having us. Megan, Kenda, I'm so glad that you're here. I uh, am reading this with my interns this summer, and they're like, this is the best post-COVID book that I've read. And I thought, wait a minute, was, how old is this book? <laughs> and and that's when I realized it had been revised. And so tell me about that process. Um, you know, how did that come about being revised? Although, and I, and I greatly appreciate it because I, it was so helpful for both Cliff and I, you know, 20 years ago. Well, oh, the, oh go ahead, Kenda. I mean, the idea came because it was um, becoming increasingly cringy for, um, the students who were working with Megan, who were using the book and, um, it became, my daughter read it and thought, Ooh, mom, this is very old. And, um, so anyway, it was uh, a matter of just trying to acknowledge the fact that, that, you know, the people who wrote it are old now and sitting in a different place and we need help. So enter Megan DeWald and all of the the brilliance that she brings to writing in general. But um, we're just grateful that you were able to um, lend your heart and soul to this project for a while. Uh, well, listen, the honor was all mine. And the fact of the matter is the reason that um, we even noted the places where, to use your term, terminology, that it was quote unquote cringy. Uh, was because it was it still continues to be such a foundational text, I think, for youth ministry, which is why, exactly. as I was surveying, you know, what what are the books out there in youth ministry that I would still want to be using for our programs at the Institute for Youth Ministry? This one just even, the you know, the version that was written in 1998, the version that was revised in uh, 2008, was it? I have it right here. Something like that. Um, whenever it was revised. Uh all of, I mean, it, yeah, so 98, and then you guys redid a thing here at another later time. This is not an important detail that I'm spending a lot of time on. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so it was revised another time. And then, you know, youth ministry, youth culture, the world has moved on. New generations of youth. New generations of youth leaders. And so what was happening when we were um, talking about this book with cohorts that were in our certificate in youth and theology program is that occasionally they were missing the forest for the trees because they were noticing things like what's MTV or (laughs) Uh why is there a reference Uh to something 
called a triptych. Um, right. And then why, why was that revised to say map quest? Like <laughs> we're right. living in a different world now. So part of it was wanting to, to address those things. But as we were, we were noticing, you know, we've also evolved in a lot of the, the way that we think about the broad youth ministry landscape. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that Kenda would probably say she and Ron come from their own context. They know who they are as United Methodist pastors and as um, leaders who have have really uh, had a, a particular kind of path into youth ministry. But in the last 20 or so years, we've learned there's so many more paths into youth mm-hmm. ministry, so mm-hmm. many different kinds of theological and demographic difference. And we wanted to give the opportunity to kind of represent an even wider scope of um, what a, what youth ministry is, what a youth minister looks like. And um, and so that this rewrite really gave us the opportunity to dive more deeply into that. It just so happened the idea for it did not come along um, because of COVID. It uh, came along before then. Then we wrote a neat, neat little contract with Upper Room Books um, and then COVID happened. And so <laughs> what, what ended up, I think, I really appreciate what you said, Michelle, um, um, uh, every, what ended up happening during the pandemic was I spent a lot of dark nights of the pandemic soul, you know, in a little kitchen table in my tiny apartment. I was trapped in for three years, um, rewriting significant passages, thinking, what is life going to look like on the other yeah. side? Of- well, you can tell it's very clearly uh, the mm-hmm. the core of this book was was held and honored, but it there are pieces of it. There's a great piece where you talk about, you know, the most obvious thing is that teenagers serve as a barometer for their times, which I think was probably in the original, but it was, you know, in the nineties. But we talk about that, you know, with the most recent CDC report about youth, that that's the canary, the, the report about the girls, um, the depression in girls, that's the canary in the mine shaft. And when I read that, I thought, oh, our teenagers have always served as a barometer. And, and it was so relevant. I'm like, this is, this is definitely post COVID, you know, you're, you're bringing up to light this critical information, but you're holding true to the fact of who we are as the church of Jesus Christ and what we're called to do as in youth ministry with our young people. And so I really valued that. And I think that's, um, and plus every word is just beautifully written. And I, I kept like highlighting just phrases and, and pieces that I wanted to share. So thank you for that. What do you, what do you want people to know about, uh, what do you want people to take away from this book um, in today's world? And what did you, I mean, gosh, I feel like there was so much that um, you guys were right on, you know, hitting the nail on the head. Uh, when you first wrote the book in 1998 and that continues to carry out into today. So maybe it would be helpful if you started to answer that question. I might tack on a little bit of how we rethought or reframed it um, going forward. I think, I mean, I do think that a lot of the um, impetus for the revision on that score, Michelle's similar to the original. And that was that um, we were, because we were youth pastors, right? Mm -hmm. We're aware of what it felt like to be exhausted and, you know, um, uncertain about what this role was that we had to play. We were, uh, we, we knew what it felt like to think about what we were doing as ministry, but not necessarily have other people acknowledge that. Um, And so 
I, I think that in those ways, uh, the, the need for just affirmation that what you're doing is, is, is in fact something God has gifted and called you to do, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that what you are up to is not a peripheral thing. It is the heart and soul of what it means to be a Christian community. And in terms of the way it responded to the post-pandemic situation, one of the things that I think was very, actually pretty positive about youth ministry during the pandemic was in many, many places, you had to strip it down to its relational essentials. Right, right. It couldn't be a program. And so in some ways, we felt naked because of that, right? But Mm -hmm. also in some ways freer. Mm. And so this was like, yeah, you, you, you have always known how to do relationships. um, Well, how to represent Christ with young people. You have always known that. But you you saw young people falling apart and you called on your youth leaders to go bring them donuts because we know they love donuts or pizza or Chick-fil-A or whatever it is. And then they could do what they do best. Absolutely. They could pray for them. They could listen to them. They could just walk beside them. Absolutely. So anyway, I think it kind of um, resonates in part because we have recently been um, in some ways gifted with the experience of what lies at the core of what we knew this was at the core and yet, boy, it's easy to get distracted. Mm-hmm. So Megan picked up on that. And um, because she, you know, Megan works with um, youth pastors who I work with youth pastor wannabes <laughs> or youth pastor used to be's or youth pastor, maybe in the future will be's right. students at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan works with people who are in the trenches, right, right at the time. And so I think you were, you were the one who saw this most um, poignantly, I think, Megan. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And I, you know, that's why uh, if we could add even more co-authors onto this, it's, you know, the co-laborers in putting this work together were these youth pastors who we know from around the country, in some cases around the world, who were in the moments of around the pandemic, really trying to um, get down to these essentials, as as Kenda talked about. And many of the pieces of um what has become sort of the job of youth ministry, the professionalization of youth ministry, um, really doesn't match the work of youth ministry anymore. You know, we have these, we need to do these six classes and have these three mission trips and the kids need to experience these particular things. And at the end of the day, um, many youth pastors who we know are just like practically killing themselves, trying to get young people to come into the four walls of the church. And so when that was stripped away and we had to really ask ourselves, what does it look like to be the church in the world? Um, How do we care for these young people as already uh, belonging to God in a particular way? Um, And then how do we just lean into that, um, that reality, uh, without the, the constraint of needing to drag them here to this physical location, new possibilities I think we're able to to open up to us um and then the core of of the book continues to be this emphasis on the curriculum for youth ministry not being something we need to rewrite and redo and remake but that the church has these historical Christian practices that continue to be passed on to us and mm-hmm. I mean that was the original um piece of the book that really resonated with me as a youth minister when I read it 20 years ago uh, was just how profound it was that we already have um, the essentials of our curriculum in the historical practices of the church. Mm -hmm. 
even yeah, that's to a... take back. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, Cliff. Oh, I was, I was saying it feels like you're tapping on the, the, the essence of, you know, connecting with like in Mary being a teenager and bearing forth and being part of the story, not just an observer, but that claiming who Christ is going to be uh, um, uh, giving giving the, the, the everything in the Magnificat, everything that, that's going to be changed in the world by it. And this is practically just above a kid. Um, this is this would have been one of their peers and to to allow them to realize that they can be more than just someone who comes in, plays the game and leaves, but they can be actually part of the process um, changes so much of what it can be. But at the same time, and I know Michelle, I'm going to assume Michelle gets this a lot. We every five seconds get somebody in a message to us in a text, hey, I need a program for Saturday night. Like mm -hmm. that's that's yeah. still it's still that that's the the model so many are used to. What how how do how do we find ourselves still after all that we figured out still having I need a program being the regular question that we get? Mm. You know, how do we redirect? Well, one of the things I think that has really changed about youth ministry since it was first started, I did not see this coming when we wrote it the first time, um, actually kind of helps us in ways that we didn't anticipate, right? Mm -hmm. When when we started this, youth ministry was on, was still on its way to becoming professionalized. Mm-hmm. We were urging youth ministers to get a theological education. We thought they would become part of church staff. We were urging churches to add youth ministry positions as, a, as instead of just using volunteers. Well, in fact, it has gone. The world has gone the other direction. But right. now, right. actually, all that professionalization didn't help so much. Mm -hmm. It made us better at programs, but it didn't make us better people, mm -hmm. right? It didn't mm -hmm. make us better Christians. We just got better at doing the things that we probably needed to get unstuck from anyway. So mm -hmm. in some ways, this, I'm not positive it's obvious in the text, but we were pretty aware when we were redoing oh. it. And Megan, your work has been so, you know, is so present in my mind as we think about this, you know, that so many of the people that are that are going to be reading about youth ministry going forward are absolutely not professionals. Exactly. Absolutely not going to get a theological education. Absolutely not going to be on a church staff. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they might even be young people themselves. Right. I'm not sure that it, I'm not sure that I can see teenagers picking up this book, but the fact of the matter is for them to see themselves as leaders in the way that you're describing Cliff is really important and something that we would want to encourage. Um, but it's interesting that the direction of the field itself has done a 180 mm -hmm. in what was expected during the original incarnation of the book. Well, with this um, podcast series, as this is kicking off a series, we're partnering with APSI, the Association of um, Partners in Christian Education, a series for youth leaders. And what we really do see is youth leaders who are church members who are taking the reins of that youth ministry um, and looking for some support along the journey. And and we know some young people who are leading that for their churches, some juniors and seniors who are taking the reins and, and leading their programs and their, their youth ministry groups. And 
it may be just having dinner and praying with each other, but that's, that's the relational piece that they're looking for. Um, and, you know, Cliff's right. We do get calls about just what can we do for programs, but really they're looking for something to go along with the relationships of how do we be community together. And that's at the core, I think, of, of how we're a church. And the piece that I read in this book that I think was important was, you know, we just got back from a youth conference and all denominations have those, but, you know, a big youth conference where friendships and community and they come home and we just love each other and they tell their parents, oh, we just love each other. And, but the reason we love each other is because Jesus Christ calls us to be together and we are the body of Christ together and we put those words on it and you are very clear about using that in this in this book that that it's not just about friendships it's not just about community but it is you know when we are it's a metaphor for our life together and it's a metaphor for life with god and we need to be clear about that and when we're having dinner together it this is life with god and thanks be to God for that. And it doesn't have to require, you know, new curriculum and new games and new new toys. It is, can be, like Megan said, some of those old ancient practices that we already have. And so I'm, I'm grateful for some of the words that just remind us what we're called to do in this book. So thank you. Michelle, as you say, um, you know, that, that, you know, some teenagers who are just gathering together for, for lunch and dinner, I'm thinking, well, how much of Jesus's ministry was that? I yeah. mean, a whole heck of a lot of it, um, perhaps yeah. in, in trying to come up with, uh, you know, what the, the next great program is we're, we're missing again, the forest for the trees a bit in um, just recognizing the power of, of being together, of journeying in uh, life together, of recognizing um, the God in whose image we're all created and what that can teach um, us about one another and about who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that just gathering together to share a meal is in fact, one of the things that Christ calls us to do to remember um, who he is, who he has revealed himself to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think there's something really profound in um, young people recognizing that essential, those essential parts and making that happen for themselves. Mm-hmm. We, we spent a lot of time over the last 30 plus years or so trying to make um, youth ministry the ministry to youth or sometimes even at right. youth. What if it's the what if it's the ministry with youth or even the ministry of youth? Um, what if that is youth ministry? Mm-hmm. How why, might that reignite our imagination for what this work that we do is? Yeah, I don't recall which gospel it was that Jesus called the disciples in to watch a DVD series. Right. <laughs> and I realized I just dated myself you by sure using did. DVD <laughs> as a reference. Right, but, right. Uh, on a week where Twitter stopped being Twitter, sure, right. why not? Let's just, let's just keep throwing all the What's old What's a DVD? Out. Exactly, exactly. Well, before there were Blu-rays and before right. we started listening to vinyl Benching again. Netflix. Uh, uh, yeah. Right. Well, what is uh, what are some practical tools uh, that we will find in this book? Uh, you know, we're the big ideas. So what are some big ideas for our youth leaders that uh, come out of this book or that you might offer to us? Well, there are some um, at the end of every chapter. One of the things we really fought to include in uh, 
the new revision was um, we wanted to be sure that we kept something that Kenda and Ron as practiced youth ministers were doing in their context, which is um, what are the various ideas to try some of these things out? So there's this little section at the end of each chapter called an idea for the road um, and they're full of some really rich, concrete ideas. So your first idea is go and get this book. And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and your second idea is then you will have a whole slate of ideas to try with your ministry. Um, But one of the things I was thinking about as I was imagining where our conversation might go is how we might continue to play with this sort of um, constraint of uh, thinking that ministry needs to be about bringing young people into the four walls of our church buildings. What would it look like? You know, I would challenge or encourage a youth worker to think about what would it look like to maybe pick one or two of these Christian practices that we speak of in the book and um, imagine how could we engage in those? How could we do those Christian practices with and alongside young people, even allowing for their own leadership or empowering them to lead um, in ways that are not happening inside the four walls of a church? Uh, what if we what if we took the show on the road and imagined um, what that could look like? How might God show up in these these new spaces and places? Um, what might our young people teach us uh, about the ways that they're seeing God show up um, in these new places? Yeah. And with timing being everything, a lot of churches are so used to, oh, September's coming, time to start those old models again. Right. Now would be the time to get your folks together to read this book and discuss how can we look at this differently going yeah. into the fall? Um, because yes, a lot of the summer plans are all there. A lot of things are there, but fall does not have to be written in stone yet. This is there's plenty of time to re-examine what it is that uh, that 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 we can do as a church. And I and I, Michelle, I I know you have some of your youth that are part of the planning process, and I have to wonder how many churches actually take the time to do that too, because they'll tell us what they need. Oh yeah. I have to wonder whether we might do ourselves, everybody might do ourselves a favor if we stopped calling it youth ministry. Mm. Mm-hmm. What if we just called it dinner? Yeah. <laughs> or, right. you know, or prayer or, you know, uh, I don't know, communion or, or service yeah. or whatever we wanted to call it. Um, but it's somehow if we, if we, there's nothing wrong, obviously, with calling it youth ministry, except that it kind of conjures up old ghosts. Yeah. yeah. That we have. That well, have... we've gotten rid of mission trips. You know, we're not calling it mission trips anymore. You know, we're doing immersion, pilgrimage. Right. right. So, yeah. Maybe it, we it, need to rethink that. Right. And so I think there's something to be said for, you know, how we frame it. Yeah. Um it might just liberate us a little bit mm. to get back to what 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 our desire is anyway and that is to connect you know we want we want to connect with Christ it's not just our kids we want to be connected there and of course we know that that's important if we want kids to be connected there we can't give what we don't have so um i i find it easier for myself to to do less ministry to people and more ministry with people. If I stop calling it ministry, <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, that's, that's a great good. way to think. That's, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate that. I we're gonna have to rethink our name at the Institute for Youth. I, I'm just gonna say <laughs> right, right, every day, every day. 
Right. You know, other well, than that, if you that, call I it the Institute right. for Dinner, everybody will think it's a culinary institute. <laughs> Look, I'm okay with that. And if I'm you, okay I too. invite people now to just go ahead and experiment with bringing me dinner. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kenda and Megan, thank you so much for this revision. It is a gift to the church. It's a gift to youth ministry. And we are so grateful for this time. And thank you for um, sharing this with us. We're excited about a new year in ministry and a new year of dinner together. <laughs> yes, amen to that. Thank you so <laughs> Thank much you for everything that you're doing. Thank you. This has been the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast. Join us in the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Facebook group to be part of the ongoing conversation. And I just yeah. loved when they said, I mean, this is the best. This is so relevant. I mean, did it just come out? Like <laughs> you said, yeah. And, I've got uh, it on cassette it. tape. It's, it's that good. Yeah. <laughs>